you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. And uh, we're looking at verses 11 through 19, and it's, a, it's a, probably a very familiar story for some of you, maybe for others not. Um, and it's a story of Jesus. And um, I don't think we're going to read it today, but we're going to watch a very short video. Um, it's a children's video, but sometimes I, I learn better through children's videos than I do sometimes in other ways. But let's take a look at it. A familiar portion of Scripture, Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Simple yet amazing story. But Jesus was puzzled, wasn't he? He says, weren't there 10 of you? Where are the other nine? Jesus was puzzled by the lack of thankfulness from those lepers. And only one returned to thank him for this life-changing miracle. And it was a life-changing miracle. Only one. And as the Bible records in Luke chapter 17, it says, when he saw he was healed, this man came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus was shocked and asked, were, were there not ten who were cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this one Samaritan? Unfortunately, in this story, 90% of the lepers missed the second, the most important gift that Jesus had planned for them. To the lone, grateful Samaritan, he responded, rise up, go on your way. Your faith, your faith has made you well. You see, even more important than physical health, this person's spiritual life had been restored. Now, Scripture doesn't tell us why the other lepers failed to praise God, yet it's clear from Jesus' response that thankfulness, gratefulness, was the only proper response to this miracle. We're continuing in our series of growing in Christ and looking at the spiritual disciplines. But as believers, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're all called to grow in our walk with the Lord, to grow in our love relationship with Him, to become more and more like Jesus in our faith, in our speech, in our thoughts, in how we live our lives, how we react and how we respond to different circumstances in our life. It should be our desire that we're constantly growing and becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. And these spiritual disciplines that we've been speaking about for the last several weeks, these are not magic pills or silver bullets, but they are ways to help us to, to, to draw closer to God, to help us to, to, uh, to walk closer with Him and to grow in our relationship with Him. So we've looked at some of the other disciplines for the last several weeks, Bible study, prayer, service, stewardship, confession, submission, Last week we looked at simplicity. But so today, I want us to look at the spiritual discipline of gratitude. Of gratitude. And you may ask, well, is gratitude, is being grateful, is, is that a discipline? And I would say, yes, it is. You see, having an attitude of gratitude will certainly help us to draw closer to God. 
And that's what these disciplines do. They help us to draw closer to God. And practicing gratitude is something that has to be done intentionally. It has to be learned. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't happen automatically. I wish it did, but it doesn't. If it was something that was natural, that was innate in us, then we wouldn't have to be reminding our kids all the time to say thank you. Don't we do that with our kids? Someone gives them something, something does something for them. We said, make sure you say thank you. If it was naturally in us, we wouldn't have to remind ourselves to say thank you. And so gratitude as a spiritual discipline, it really draws us closer to God. You see, practicing gratitude as a spiritual discipline and adopting gratitude as a way of life, it realigns us to God. Realigns us to God the giver, and it also increases God's activity in our lives. You may ask, how does it do that? Well, here's, here's a little sequence. I call it the gratitude sequence. And it's important for us to understand this, and you can probably see it up here on the screen. Here it is, gratitude brings about humility, which in turn gives way to God's grace. There's a sequence that takes place there. Let me repeat that again. Gratitude brings about humility, which in turn gives way to God's grace. But let's begin with gratitude. Gratitude has been called the gateway spiritual discipline. Psalm 100, verse 4. You've often heard this quoted, probably around Thanksgiving time. But it says this, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Not just during the Thanksgiving season, but every day of our lives. And with gratitude, we thank God not just for the stuff that fills our homes and garages and our closets, the stuff that we talked about last week. So we not only thank God for all the stuff and all the good things he gives us, but most of all, we thank him for him. We thank God for who he is, for who he is. I want you to do something for me. I want you to think of some attributes or some qualities about God. For instance, like he's holy, he's loving, he's powerful, he's forgiving, he's compassionate, he provides. I want you to think of some of those words that would describe God. And then we're gonna do a little exercise here. So be thinking of a word. And then when I give you the signal, I want everyone to say, thank you, God, for being whatever it is you're thinking about. All right? So everybody has something in mind? You have something in your mind? Some attribute? Everyone got it? Okay, let's try it, all right? Come in after three. Here we go. One, two, three. Very good. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. You can use the same one, or you can think of another one, another attribute, all right? Here we go. Let me hear it. Here we go. One, two, three. Amen. Now stand up. Stand up. We're going to do it again. You're going to shout it out loud. See, we're already practicing the discipline of gratitude. We're already practicing it here. Here you go. Think of an attribute again. And after three, come in. Here you go. One, two, three. Amen. I heard someone back there. All right, have a seat. Thank you. See, you're already practicing the discipline of gratitude. You're thanking God. And you're thanking God for what? For who he is. And that's the most important thing we need to be grateful for. 
And so gratitude, being grateful, it brings about, what does it bring about? It brings about humility. Why? Because it reveals our God-given neediness. We need God. Humility is a heart condition that recognizes that all of our blessings have been received, not earned. All the blessings that God has given us, we haven't earned it, we don't merit it, many times we don't deserve it, but we receive it. It's freely given and it's freely received, and we recognize that. Humility understands how utterly deprived we are as we stand before a holy God. You see, we simply can't advance God's kingdom, we can't be saved or even love God in return without his own love for us first. Indeed, humility is the right posture when relating to God because it it permits God's grace in our lives. So we thank the Lord, and in order to thank him, we need to have a little bit of humility, and then that causes or permits God's grace in our lives. Think about that. James said this in James chapter four, verse six. He said, God opposes the proud, but he gives what? To the humble? He gives grace to the humble. You see, as we humble ourselves before the Lord, that opens the door for God's grace to just come flowing into our lives. And so that is that formula there. You see, the more, uh, since God's grace is God's power, the more thankful and needy and humble we are before the Lord, the more of His grace, the more power we receive from Him. And the power we receive is the power to do his will. So as we make this sort of a recurring sequence of gratitude, humility, and receiving God's grace, gratitude, humility, and then receiving God's grace, as we make this a habit, a discipline, a a way of life, it allows us to experience more of God's presence and power. Just like that one leper who returned to give thanks and humbled himself in front of Jesus, he was extended God's grace for a deeper healing, a spiritual healing. And so for the next few moments, let's just kind of dissect this uh, discipline of gratitude a bit more. This means, this discipline means that we are practicing and producing an attitude of gratitude, of being thankful, even when we cannot see what we have. This is part of our worship of Jesus Christ, expressing to him our appreciation and reverence for how he has touched our lives. Why are we grateful? We're grateful because of the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross for our sins. His blood has redeemed us. And as a discipline, this means we realize our indebtedness to God. So many times you kind of just take that for granted. We don't understand that. We need to be reminded of that, that this wonderful gift of salvation is indeed a miraculous, life-changing gift. It's important for us to understand that being a Christian, that being a follower of Jesus is not as many people think, it's not for our own personal benefit. Yes, there are lots of benefits for us, but it's really not for our own personal benefit. It's for God's glory. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about God. 
And it's not good if we see life from the perspective of what's in it for me. We live in such a uh, consumer-based society. So everything is about the consumer. Everything is about me. I go to this place because I'm going to get served. I go to this place because it's going to make me happy. It's all about me. And so it's not good if we see our lives from this perspective. What's in it for me? I deserve this. Rather than what I have already been given. God has already freely given us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. It's already been given to us. We must discipline ourselves to see his gifts of eternal life, of grace, forgiveness, as, thing, as things that could never be earned or merited so that we're willing to grow close to him and to lead others to him. Well, let's take a look at the, other, uh, the, uh, the flip side of things. So what do you think would happen when we do not practice this discipline of gratitude? Well, I think we'll, we, we would be filled with ingratitude. Ingratitude. What does that mean? It means refusing to acknowledge and respond to what Christ has done for us. It's like those other nine lepers. Jesus did something miraculous in their life. And what was their response? No response. No response. Ingratitude. The term, you know, the term ungrateful believer, much like the term joyless Christian, is really an oxymoron, isn't it? You see, this ingratitude will produce in us a very unhealthy attitude and a life that is not led by God the Holy Spirit. We won't realize what we have. We have so much already, or what we could have, but rather we take on this sort of this uh, entitlement mentality that says we deserve this or we deserve that, and where humility and, and a serving attitude are absent. You see, the attitude of ingratitude will create for us a life of dissatisfaction and dysfunction. Think about it. You probably know some people who are not very grateful. The person who is ungrateful is certainly not content. They certainly don't have much joy in their lives. And this can happen. This can happen to a Christian who does little to nothing with his or her faith and remains tied to the ways of the world. They choose not to grow in their relationship with Jesus. They choose not to respond to God when he blesses them. This places us. This places a barrier to seeing the great, unbelievable gifts of grace that we have received. Again, it reminds me of those nine other lepers. They had received something so wonderful, yet they didn't acknowledge it or respond to it. So here's a warning. Here's a warning for all of us, and myself included. We must be careful. We must be careful that ingratitude does not take root in us. And that's why it takes discipline to practice gratitude. What about, what about when we suffer? Think about that. You see, gratitude flows easily when we've, when we've landed our dream job or we've just fell head over heels in love. 
And it's easy to lift up some heavenly appreciation when we only receive a warning instead of a ticket for speeding, right? But what about when we don't get our way? Or what about when tragedy strikes? And tragedy has struck in many of our lives. Can we still be thankful then? You know, certainly life is not always a buffet of delicacies and delicious circumstances where we can, where we can get to pick and choose which items we put on our plate. Sometimes we get served something that doesn't look good, that doesn't taste good, that doesn't feel good. Sometimes we get served a dish of lemons. And fortunately, Christian gratitude doesn't require us to, to turn our lemons into lemonade. That's a cliche, that's a cliche that, that might be found in some self-help book. Certainly painful events can shape us and build our character, but that doesn't mean we have to simply smile through the pain and pretend that everything is fine. We can't just deny our pain. You see, enduring life's difficulties and tragedy and tragic events can be overwhelming. Having a heart of gratitude, therefore, is not, is not about looking at the bright side of things. And it's not even acknowledging that things could be worse. Here's the key. Our thankfulness, our thankfulness, our attitude of gratitude is never to be based on a set of circumstances. It's based on a person. It's based on a person, amen? amen? The answer to our pain and suffering isn't to change our circumstances, to have new and different circumstances, but it's God himself. It's God himself. Jesus came not only to suffer for us, but to suffer with us. Isaiah describes Christ as being despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and pain, acquainted with grief. Jesus understands our pain and empathizes with us. Practicing gratitude rests soundly in the assurance that God will ultimately redeem every horrible situation in this life or the next. Here's a promise from Revelation. And uh, Debbie and I just returned recently from Montana where I had to conduct the service for my, my brother who'd passed away unexpectedly. And here's a promise. Even though he's no longer here on earth. But Jesus says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. We have hope. We have hope beyond the grave. We have hope beyond this world. And so this promise allows us, it allows us to do this, to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, in everything give thanks. Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yes, it's easy to miss God's current blessings when pain overwhelms us. I'm sure you can identify with this, but I've, I've been angry at God at times, and, and I've shaken my fists toward heaven with sometimes in a sense of agony and frustration. 
And even after that, God will never take away his gifts, his son Jesus Christ, his love, his forgiveness. God is good. Do you believe that? He is good, and we are to thank him for that. All the time, yes. You know, um, as I go back to this story, as we come to a close this morning, you, the story of the lepers, you know, I don't know. If I, if I were in Jesus' shoes, and I miraculously healed 10 guys of a life-threatening disease, and only one came back, I don't know about you, but I would probably replace the nine lepers' healings with nine nasty curses on them. <laughs> or at least I would, I would unheal them. I would give them leprosy back. That'll show you. But it was love. It was love, not intimidation, that drew that one Samaritan to unwrap the gift of eternity. You see, saying thank you, having that attitude of gratitude, will always reveal unseen blessings in our life. You know, I'm going to ask the, uh, the worship team to come up, and we're going to do something different to end our service today. Um, each of you have been given a thank you card, and if you don't have one, we'll make sure our ushers get you one, uh, make sure we have extras, and um, there's an envelope there as well. And well, I want us to practice uh, the discipline of gratitude. So we're just going to take a few minutes, as long as we need to this morning, and I want you to take time to reflect, and you've already done that. You've already reflected on who God is. You've already described him, given him some attributes. But I want, what I want you to do is to write a thank you note to God and tell him why. Thank you, God, for, and, uh, and then this is something else I want you to do. I want you to put the card in the envelope and seal it, and then I want you to address the card. But we're not gonna address it to God. I want you to address it to yourself. Put your name, put your mailing address on there. And then I'm gonna ask you to come up and, and at your leisure, just come and drop them off here at the mercy seat. And these are some of the cards from the eight o'clock service. And in a couple of weeks, we're gonna take your cards and mail them to you. And I want that to serve as a reminder to you. One, to be thankful, but two, to think about God and who he is. Because you know what? We all know we need to be thankful, but we need to be reminded from time to time. So just take the next few moments, write down whatever God has placed on your heart. Um, if you need to pray, if you need to reflect, if you can come to the place of prayer, you can do it in your seat. We're not going to rush you. So just take your time. Be thoughtful. Perhaps it's been a while since you've written a note. It's a discipline. Even writing is a discipline. It doesn't always come easy or natural for us. But I encourage you to do that as our worship team sings. Reflect, write, Come and place your envelopes here at the mercy seat. Amen, amen. Lord, we just thank you. You are so wonderful. Lord, you are King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, you are so amazing. And we've just thanked you for that. 
Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your power and your abundance and your goodness, your forgiveness and your compassion, your holiness, your righteousness, your mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. We have been blessed so much more than those 10 lepers. There's miraculous things that have taken place in our life because you've reached down to us and grabbed a hold of us and changed our lives miraculously. And Father, just in response to that, we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do love you. We serve you. And Father, just bless us now. Bless our hearts. You already have blessed us. Continue to pour out your blessings and your grace on us. And Father, I pray all of these things and all God's people said, Amen and amen. You may be seated.